It is time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. As the music will indicate, it is a news episode, but it's a different sort of news episode. Uh, normally, we do news first, and then in the third block, our friend Corey the Pharaoh, listen to old episodes to find out why we call him that, uh, Kay Ward comes in and talks about the temple. We call it the temple ticker, where if there's anything in the latest of news about temples for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, he'll come in and tell us about it, tell us about the updates on construction or groundbreaking or something that has been rumored or whatever. But because this is our post-conference, that is post-fall 2022 conference edition, uh, with so many temples that were announced and so much news going on, we thought we would give him top billing. So, Corey K. Ward, don't call him Corahor. Nope, it is the Pharaoh. Thanks for being here, sir. Yeah, thanks for giving me first priority on this episode. Well, we don't mess around. Uh, if people are new to the cultural hall, they'll think, oh, those guys, they probably just mess around. It sounds like a, like just a, yeah, whatever they talk, want to talk about. Nope, we have, we have, uh, we have an agenda. We have notes that we share share with everyone. This is scripted. So everything that I say, scripted word by word, it's not just hodgepodge. It's not just some guy's hobby, you know, show available in podcast form. It is a scripted production. I just haven't got the script yet. Uh, Corey, watching General Conference this weekend and uh, our episode that we did last before uh conference we talked about that we thought there would be a lot of temples may we can we pat ourselves on the back the fact that we got to 300 just like we we sort of said we would as we said doing the pat on the back which makes it now 300 yeah 300 temples so So there's total right now there's um one six one seventy four that are operating Mm -hmm. and then there's 53 under construction and then now with this new batch there are 74 that are announced in the pre-construction design phase. So so I want to ask you uh, a couple of things about that. One, uh, the numbers that I've seen are like high 160s. And I think that's because of like Kiev and other things, because like the Kiev Temple isn't operational and there's some other things. So yeah, if you it, say operational, then that kind of excludes the Salt Lake Temple, the St. George Temple, some of the other ones that are uh-huh. not quite open yet. But normally the church still keeps a tally of operating temples includes the ones that are under renovation so and and then the other thing that i want to ask you about and this is uh you know sort sort of your thoughts more of your opinion and less of your i found this about this city and this temple and that do, mm-hmm. do does it seem um when i was growing up the way that i thought that they did temples and mission calls was i thought they put all of the apostles in a room and that there was a map and that they prayed. This is legitimately how I thought this worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, they prayed, and then they opened their eyes, and they looked at the map, and it was like, it needs to be Korea, right? And then they're like, <laughs> okay, well, let's figure that out and then be able to do it. The fact that we were able to predict, air quotes, how many temples they were going to announce in general conference this weekend, and as you'll go through the various locations that you were able to, air quotes, predict where so many of the temples ended up being, does it does it take sort of the, uh, I don't want to say mysticism, but some of the, uh, I don't know, revelation of it? and and, and or, or to you, does it still go, no, it makes sense. And of course, the, the Lord would do it in kind of a, a, an order. I mean, the Doctrine and Covenants, it's, it says that like first study out your mind and then, uh, and then I'll tell you what to do. So like, yeah, they're studying out in their mind, and then I think they do receive direction. So, because I mean, if I were to pick temple, 
locations, they wouldn't necessarily come in this order. I would have chose prioritized other cities over these. But hmm. so mix. It sounds more like you're feeling like maybe a little mix of both, right? Yeah, always. Is that how you thought they picked temple temple locations and mission calls as far as when you were growing up, or had you ever thought about it? I guess I hadn't thought about it that deeply. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to know if I was alone or not. Because <laughs> I I genuinely thought, as far as mission calls, since we're already down this road, mm-hmm. I thought that they that they all sat in a room and and I know that I didn't scale this in my brain, but I thought they'd all be in the room together, which first of all isn't how it works. And then second of all, that they'd be like Corey K. Ward, who wants to say the prayer? And then someone would say the prayer and then it would come to them collectively during the prayer. And it's like, nope, here's here's where we need missionaries this week, you guys. Who do we have? And I know that there are particular instances where it's like, nope, that's not right. This person's not right. And I'm not downplaying that. But I think by and large, it's where is there a need? Who do we have? That feels right. Let's do this and put it through that way. Yeah, definitely. Those decisions are made by individual apostles at like one meeting during the week. But I wouldn't be surprised if like all the apostles get together and kind of finalize the temple announcements, maybe something like that. Oh, really? I don't, I don't know. It's possible. Maybe it's just President Nelson that finalizes them. But I, I like to think that he has like a personalized stamp that every pre, uh, prophet has a personalized stamp. And you know that this isn't how they do it either. But this is where <laughs> my mind goes. And it's in its comically large and they and they get the plans in front of him and he just stamps it approved mm-hmm. go forth oh maybe that's what it says go forth <laughs> go forth build uh, i have a re- feeling that are, there there are many temples probably in planning stages but they wait for a certain amount of progress to announce them publicly so these may just be like ones that have already been in the planning stages and then he's just choosing to announce them yeah, that's know. that's interesting because then you think of other ones that have been announced but haven't had any sort of progress, right? When we think of Russia or Shanghai or you know some of those things, yeah. Huh. Hmm. Maybe we should get someone from the temple department here in the cultural hall and ask them all these questions. They're pretty zip zip. Oh yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I know. I know one guy who helps them. Uh, his his employment is he finds land that the you know, that can be optional for temples. Mm-hmm. And and he's not even allowed to tell people like where he's going. Oh, you're traveling this week? Yeah. Where are you going? <laughs> not here. Cool. Okay, great, great. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh there there are 18 temples we can talk about though. Uh and I'd love to know where you'd like to start. Are we going to go in the order that they were announced? Yeah. Why not? Sounds good. I like that. Um so there were nine announced in Latin America. That was, they're the big winners. Half of them were in Latin America. There's five in the U.S. and then three in Asia and then one in Africa. Are you surprised at all that we didn't get one in Utah? A little bit, yeah. Hmm. Okay. But now it's been a year since there's been one in Utah, so I guess they're just taking a break. Yeah, we'll get one next time. <laughs> um, so yeah, first starting in Asia, Busan, Korea. Um, it's the probably the most logical place for a second temple in Korea. Um, it's the southern port city, pretty busy busy place. I think it's the second largest city in the country. Um, so it's the second temple. They haven't had another temple since the 80s in Seoul. And there'll probably be like five or six stakes that go to that temple. There are a lot of people speculating that the way he said Busan, Korea, as opposed to South Korea, has some sort of prophetic meaning. Uh, yeah, well, all the stakes and the current temple in Korea, they all just go by all their name is like Korea, not South Korea. Oh, interesting. So it's just kind of the format that the church has been using for the last 50 years. Mm. 
But you know that the internet went, does he know something we don't know? Is, Is there going to be a gonna... unification of the island? <laughs> you know, okay. it, honestly, yeah. the second that the prophet says anything that has, you know, some ability to be sort of twisted or misinterpreted, people go off and look at it. Well, officially the war is not over, so there's no truce or anything. So I mean, right. you would think maybe uh, technically there's still two countries. They're so one. Maybe country. he does yeah. know something. So maybe he does know something. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Philippines is Philippines. the next one. Naga there's, is that? How there's you say two it? more. There was one in Naga, um, which if you read our this is become Mormon's temple predictions, I talked about Naga Philippines. Um, it's in the there's the big island in the Philippines, and mm-hmm. it's in the southern part of that island. So, so there'll be probably seven stakes, six districts. Wow. But then in the northern part of the island, there was also another temple announced in Santiago. Um, so they'll probably have another eight stakes go there. So that will make 10 temples in the Philippines. Wow. Are the I, I'm not very familiar with, and I don't know if you are, how, how big are the Philippines? Like in reference to maybe like if we can Americanize them, like how big is that in the United States? Do we have any idea? Is it Texas? Is it like Rhode Island? Um, I mean, in terms of church population, it's like the Utah of Asia. Like, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like, so there's 109 million that live there. So that's much more than any U.S. state. Sure. But do we have any idea how like big the Philippines Land? are? I mean, I'm sure we know how big, but I'm trying, I'm hoping for some sort of point of reference that I can I go. It's, oh, it's oh, probably it's about like the, the size of California. Okay. I would assume. Yeah. Okay. Except that, of course, it's separated by islands and everything. Sure, 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 sure. I'm not saying that I think it looks like California. I'm just trying <laughs> to get an idea of its vastness or not. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So about the size of California and just probably what? I think they said like one in every four people are members of the church in the probably Philippines. Not. No, only about, I think, a little bit less than a million. So that makes sense. Oh, okay. Okay. One in 150. Yeah. Okay. I wanted it to be one in four. <laughs> Not quite. Maybe I know something that they know. <laughs> uh, so so uh, a northern and a southern on the same island. That's that's pretty cool. Um, next, let's go to Africa. Um, okay. Iket, Nigeria. Um, in my temple predictions, I had Port Harcourt, which is kind of just on the other side of um, the current temple in Aba. But I guess... This the city's a little bit smaller, but it's it's really dense with members. There's lots of stakes in these little rural areas. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of where the church started in Nigeria. So it's fitting that they have a, a temple there. So it'll be the fourth in Nigeria, and it'll probably have about ten stakes, so a decent sized district. And when we spoke about it, we said that there was some country that we felt like uh, should get a temple because it doesn't have a temple yet. Uganda is that where we kind of talked about it? That's where we talked about, but, but I guess nothing, not yet. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Currently, that's the country with the most members without a temple. Okay. So, so we're, are we pointing to the outfield for April 23 conference? Why not? Yeah. Okay. When he announces 100 more temples, so it could be 400. <laughs> I just want that so bad. I want I want the entire <laughs> talk. huge, yeah. Just a long list, and everyone's trying to write them down. And it, between each, there's, you know, a few seconds. And, and I'm not sure if you heard this during conference, but the cheering or the... <gasps> between did, each I one. did hear that yeah. yeah and 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 you feel bad because it wasn't between each and everyone it was between <laughs> most of them only but some there were a couple. Got it. yeah someone was very excited about korea yeah uh, well, yeah where <laughs> and then we go to peru peru yeah um the northern coastal city of chiclayo um it's kind of near the current not super near but like um in the same region as 
the Trujillo Peru temple. Okay. Um, so it's going to kind of take those northern stakes, probably about 16 of them. Hmm. So this will be temple number six in Peru. Wow. It's pretty remarkable when you think about that. These countries that, you know, what, 50 years ago didn't have any, and now they have six, seven, eight, nine. I know. Yeah. Un- unreal. And then uh, Argentina. Argentina, the cities of Buenos Aires, got a second temple. And usually when they announce the second temple, they say it's like a direction like north or west or whatever, but it's Buenos Aires city center. So maybe kind of a more of an urban temple that will mm. be there. Um, so it'll be number six in Argentina as well. And they'll probably take like 15 or so stakes. Wow. Um, the, t- the current temple right now is actually not in the city of Buenos Aires. So um, it's a little bit closer to the airport, a little bit further away. So the thought then really is like, let's put it right in the center, like a, like a, uh, what Provo city center temple or like a, a salt Lake. Yeah. Um, just right in for a yeah. yeah. This was also my twin predictions. If you, if you read those. So oh, I, I, uh, I want to take a break and ask you about that real quick. How many did you predict of the 18? How many did you say, yep. And get it right on. You could stretch to get them right. That doesn't count. I'm saying right on. Um, I think we had four okay. on the list that were That's right not on. bad. That's yeah. not bad. So one in every four you got right. That's where my one in every four came from. I <laughs> it wasn't the the Philippines, it was the temple. Okay, okay. Um, so then what? So moving up to Brazil, there's okay. two more also announced in Brazil. One in Londrina, which actually in Portuguese that means London, hmm. city of London. So there's another temple in London. I love that it's in the state of Parana because I just, I like, I like that that's the name of a uh, state and it feels like vicious. Yeah. The news release on the church mentioned that that's the place, the state where they have Igasu Falls, oh. probably the most famous waterfall in South America. So, so yeah. And second, you, oh, go ahead. Oh no. That's the second temple in the state. So there's one in Curitiba right now. And if people are thinking about Iguazu Falls, have I ever seen a picture of it? Remember the, uh, what movie is it? I don't know. There's some movie where it's the opening shot and it's like the opening shot for like five minutes and it's just massive in scope. And it's not one of those ones that like you could accidentally be rowing a soft raft down <laughs> and be able to go, oh no, we're going to go over and then be just fine. You'd die. No. Yeah. There's like <laughs> several, several waterfalls in this place. Yeah. Yeah. Just a massive, massive. And doesn't Iguazu Falls share the border with Argentina? At some point, uh, with um, Paraguay. Oh, Paraguay. Pretty, That's pretty close to the Argentine area as well. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. I knew. See, I I know South America geography. <laughs> I don't. That's right. I don't. Sorry. So the other one in Brazil was in Ribeirão Preto, which uh, President Nelson did a very good presenta- uh, pronunciation mm-hmm. of that. Ribeirão um, means, I guess, brook, like a a creek, and then Preto means black. So a black brook, I guess, is what that means. I love it. So it's in the state of San Paulo. So that's going to be the fifth temple in the state. And then it's kind of in the northern part, probably about 11 to 15 stakes there. Jeez. So that makes 18 temples for Brazil. What's crazy to me uh, is when I was thinking about this, because, you know, a lot of the like church updates and stuff like that focused on the fact that there are more members outside the United States than inside the United States and how it continues to grow that way. Mm-hmm. It was fascinating that I took that moment to look at church leadership. That is the rank of, and I don't want to say rank, but that's what it is, you know, of the leadership mm-hmm. of the the church. And like Elder Uchtdorf is our first chance to have a non 
U.S. prophet, and that's still John. John Taylor was born in uh, England. Well, okay. So, <laughs> okay, he was our yeah, first yeah, one. All okay. right, and but non English, non Anglicized president. Yeah. Yes, that's what I mean. Uh, and and that's probably what like if we're if we were being generous ish, and I know people get weird when you start to talk about the mortality of our church leaders but that's probably 10 15 years away he's in his 80s yeah so yeah. if it but if that were to occur because you'd have to have president nelson die and president oaks die and and you know everybody's living a lot longer but it's crazy to me that there's all this growth all these temples you know the amount of temples that are in brazil even just itself 18 mm-hmm. but that our first aside from john taylor uh, our first uh you know non non-american prophet is still a couple decades away that's that's insane to me just just sort of thoughts yeah, that i had it is interesting he's the same he's almost the same like by a month the same age as elder holland so it depends if elder holland lives longer than president Uchtdorf, that what we could have him there. well and it's also the I mean obviously the order that they came in and Elder Holland came in before Elder Uchtdorf. So mm-hmm. yeah, it would have to be part of that. And at any moment, and and the internet is um a flurry with this too. When President Nelson did, you know, um, it's a great to be with you until we talk again. And then they sang God be t- with you till we meet again. And then you just see Twitter explode. Did he just say, <laughs> is this the last time? And, well, and I don't know. I think one people he's the oldest apostle ever so uh-huh. he's up there in age he had he was sitting on a chair during general conference which he publicly owned on facebook and everything just yeah like, hey this is how it is i just need a little bit of steadying when i'm standing up there yeah um and then i think the recent death of the queen people are kind of like oh all of the people that we know are dying all the yeah. old people so it could be any day but i mean he always says goodbye till next time sure um, President Hinckley said that God be with you to meet again, and he lived another ten years. Yeah, so who knows? <laughs> but it is it, it I it is the thing that I love hate about the church where we're like, was this a symbol? Was this a sign? <laughs> and the yeah. and the thing is that I think and and you know maybe I'm weird in this, but like he still looked real great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if he didn't, and if he didn't make it till next conference, I think that that would be the greatest blessing. Hold on, I'll explain why. Because that would mean that his degradation would be so quick. What a blessing that would be. There is nothing that sounds more torturous to me than just getting a little bit worse and a little bit worse and a little bit worse. Like, I want to live a good long time. And then I want it to be like, I don't feel very well. And then the next day I want it to be like, yeah, this really is terrible. And the next day I want to be dead. I just want to go hard until the very end. And then just like, give me a moment to call anyone that I love. I'm out. Yeah, that's the President Hinckley model. Of yeah. So. Yeah. Go go in the office on a Thursday, off. miss, the, miss, don't come in on Friday, and then die on Sunday. So Yeah. Yes. See? Uh-huh. He knew. <laughs> we should all try and follow the prophet. Right. All right. We get back to the temples. Guatemala. Okay. Guatemala. Huehuetenango. Good job. Um, this is right uh, north of the current temple in Quetzaltenango, um, western Guatemala. So this, that makes five temples for Guatemala. And that it's this is a I didn't predict this one because it, it only has three stakes in the city. Hmm. I would have picked another place in in Guatemala, but good for these guys. The big one that I heard most people talk about, uh, aside from 
you know, the does Busan, Korea mean that there's something going on in Korea? Uh, mm-hmm. But the big one that I've seen a bunch of people talking about is uh, this one in Florida and the one in Nevada. But you want to talk about Florida next. Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville, not some people thought Jackson County. Like people were kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I got my head. Babe, get the hand cart ready. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, another temple in Florida, which we have already one in the Panhandle being under construction in Tallahassee. And then last time there was one announced in Tampa. So I, I wasn't anticipating another Florida temple for a while. But sure enough, there it is. Six to seven stakes that'll use this temple. It None of these, we don't really have uh, like plans on any of these, but do you anticipate that any of these that we've talked about so far will be um, large or more likely pretty small ones? Um, probably medium. Okay. At least Jackson will probably be medium since there's three stakes in the city. I think it's, um, probably good for that. But a lot of these other ones, probably pretty small to medium. Yeah. Just to be able to give people the blessings, but we're not building, you know, major things. Cause, cause I also think about staffing when you talk about like two to three stakes. I mean, it'd be pretty hard mm-hmm. to keep people in the, in these places where it is, um, very smaller it serves only like one or two stakes i'm i'm sure that just like in utah the temples are kind of open all the time except for money and all that stuff that those places are just sort of by yeah. like an appointment only and there's yeah, an assigned I, look, I, look mission the, staff. I look at the schedule sometimes for temples and some of them like in north dakota or in winnipeg canada like they maybe have one session like on during the night um like at 7.30 on like a Wednesday and a Thursday and then mm-hmm. maybe a couple on a Friday and then open all day, most of the day Saturday. Yeah. I think it's going to be pretty, that's probably a similar model where maybe just Friday, Saturday they're open. Huh. Yeah. I think that's awesome though. So many saints being able to go to the temple and having it be so, 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 so convenient. I think that's awesome. And you know what? We still got so many more temples to go. How about Michigan? Michigan, Western Michigan, Grand Rapids. So second in Michigan, probably, um, Four to five stakes, including the the district that's in Traverse City up there. Uh, the one in Michigan right now is in Detroit. Detroit is okay. north of Detroit. Yeah. Okay. So this will take in a good western part of that state and kind of divide up that district, make it a and little maybe shorter. Maybe even all the people. way down to South Bend, Indiana. Instead of going to Chicago, they may go up to Grand Rapids. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Texas is where we head next, and I love that... <laughs> Uh, that so many people thought the same thing because i was like texas okay great great i love texas i got a lot of friends in texas a lot of people in the cultural (laughs) hall prosper texas where is that i had to google map it and then back out and then back out and then back out until i could get an idea of even where in the world this was yeah um i don't know if you that that hymn kept going through my mind prosper the way of truth Mm -hmm. (laughs) so (laughs) i think they sung it even sometime but um, yeah, this is definitely my dark horse temple. I was not expecting another temple in the Dallas area. There's already one announced in Fort Worth about a year ago. Um, I would have expected another one in Houston before there was another one in the Dallas area. But um, like we'll discuss later, President Nelson talked about wanting to have more temples in large metropolitan areas that are difficult to travel. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Dallas is you know a mega city. So up in the north, Prosper is a growing suburb. So there'll definitely be a lot of members of the church moving up there in the future. And it's the eighth in Texas, which is unreal. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Uh, seven stakes, it'll serve that. And now we get to go to where I get to pat myself on the back again. Here we go. <laughs> pat, 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 pat. 
uh, Lone Mountain, Nevada, which uh, if I'm being completely honest, when he said Lone Mountain, Nevada, I immediately searched it. And I thought because there's uh, something Lone Mountain in Elko, Nevada, I was uh-huh. like, wait a minute. What? Why are we doing uh, yeah. that again? Is this like We've already the done desert <laughs> in the middle of Nevada? But yeah. No. Um, there is a Lone Mountain Park, just kind of this little slope that's in the middle, kind of in the, it's in the northwestern part of Vegas, in the city of Las Vegas, actually. So this is, um, this city, will, this temple will be in the city of Las Vegas, while the existing temple is actually in Clark County, unincorporated Clark County. Um, so I visited Las Vegas actually this weekend for a student um, thing at BYU, at, hosted by UNLV, and they kept like always emphasizing that, oh, there's the city of Las Vegas and then there's unincorporated Clark County. Mm-hmm. And so it's a very important distinction for them down there. But this one will actually be in the city and the northwestern part. And is it flanked? Uh, remind me, because the other one is on the what part of, I mean, obviously unincorporated, but is it on the south side? It's on of... the far uh, east side. East side. Great. So That's awesome. Pretty a great uh, distance apart. And this new temple will be close to the I-215. So pretty accessible for a lot of people over there yeah which is great because the one now it's like okay so get off the freeway and then just keep driving and then how will i know that i get there well when you think you've driven too far and there's no way it could still be there keep driving and then you'll find it that's right um and then me and the other BYU students went up to the top of the the strat which is formerly called the stratosphere and we were (laughs) that whole time we were up there for like an hour trying to find the vegas temple because on the little screens, the information screens with all the landmarks, it said LTS Mormon Temple. So we're trying to find it in the dark, and it's not very well lit um, that you can see it that well. But eventually, we found out that the binoculars, you didn't have to put a quarter in them. They were free. <laughs> and we found, we eventually found the temple. <laughs> well, good. It, well, I hope the new one will make it easier from the strat. Yeah, I... Um, I after the temple was announced, I looked. I went to the Clark County parcel map, and I found a place where the church had just bought twenty acres of land. So I think it's pretty safe to say that's where we built. Um, I also found someone had a flyer from the estate at Lone Mountain, and um, it says basically it's an acknowledgement. Like by moving here, I acknowledge that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints has plans for a building of forty thousand square feet with multiple stories that will have people from all over the valley visiting. And basically signing that you're not going to protest the temple coming. Yeah, yeah. You know what I love is that I don't think that there's another person in the world. And so I want to make sure that we don't ever take you for granted. I don't think there's another person in the world who, once the temple was dedicated or announced in a particular area, would go to a parcel map for that particular area and then chase down a flyer that people had to sign an agreement to. So that is a that that sounds however it sounds, I don't care how it's meant is you are a treasure in the passion that you have for this stuff. So I appreciate it very much. Thanks, Richie. You're welcome. Uh, now that this is, is uh, oh, 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 I almost jumped the gun. Uh, we got to go to Washington. Yeah. So predicted on this podcast, said another one in the Seattle area, um, Tacoma, Washington. Um, we'll be the fifth in Washington. So the second in the Western, uh, Western part of the state. Probably take about 14 or 16 stakes in the area. Which is great because that SeaTac area in Washington is a zoo. So anything you can do to cut down the traffic <laughs> to try yeah. and get around, honestly, it's miserable. Anything anywhere around Seattle is just abysmal and they're trying to make things better. So to be able to even just divert and be like, okay, you guys go this way, you guys go this way will be tremendous for folks then president nelson did this thing where he's like yeah so 14 and 4 and everyone went what 
and said, okay, we're going to do more in these metropolitan cities. And, and I thought, okay, so we already did, we already did some in, yeah. in Vegas and in Dallas and in um, our Argentina and Buenos Aires. So that was kind of the pattern he was already doing. But then he said, oh, we're going to have four. He's, he said, we're going to have um, in metro areas where traveling is a significant challenge. Um, so then he said, we're going to have four additional temples in the Mexico City area. So let's do it. Let's travel to Mexico. Yeah. Um, so south of Mexico City is Cuernavaca. Um, it's in the state of Morelos. So that'll be the first first temple there. Um, and then north of the city is uh, Pachuca, which is in the state of Hidalgo. And then west of the city is Toluca, which is the capital of the state of Mexico. And then northwest of the city is Tula, which is kind of a more rural area, but it has lots of members. Now, so, how how far away are these temples from each other? Because like when I think of maybe like a metropolitan city, like to put that in the in the context of like um, Salt Lake in the Salt uh -huh. Lake Valley, like I think this would be the equivalent or my mind thinks that this would be equivalent of like a Bountiful Temple, a Sandy Temple, an East Mill Creek Temple and like a Magna Temple. Is it are we that close or is it bigger than all that? No, that's about right, because these cities are separated by mountain ranges that you have okay. to go through valleys to get into. So that's a pretty good um, apt comparison. Probably takes um, an hour to two hours, probably even more, depending on traffic, to get mm. to the current temple that's in Mexico City. So um, I heard that not a lot of people go to the current Mexico City temples because just because traffic's so big, it's like traveling to another state, mm. basically. Um, I don't know if you, if and our Spanish speakers know the phrase Capa Chuca Puerto Luca, um, but that's kind of a phrase in Mexico and in Spanish that's just like, like, what's up? Mm -hmm. It's kind of a play on words. So I don't know if President Nelson knew of that phrase, but he announced <laughs> Pachuca and Toluca right together. <laughs> so I thought it was pretty funny. Inspired. Inspired. And then um, something I, I like about Tula is that that area is kind of where the church started in, the, in central Mexico. Like we know that the church started in like in near the border with the colonies in Chihuahua, but like kind of basically proselytizing to the native Mexicans basically started in this Northern um, Mexico city area. And there's a lot of churches that are, are very old, like at 1900s historic mm -hmm. churches. Um, there was even uh, two church leaders, Rafael Montoy and Vicente Morales that were executed for being members of the church back in 1915. Just for being members of the church. Yeah, for um, yeah, that was kind of the era of the revolution that was happening in Mexico. So, and then, and then also, yeah, I was just there was say, a, and then what's this? In 1936, there was a significant uh, membership that broke away from the church because they were um, kind of angry that the church didn't send a native Mexican mission president down <laughs> there. So eventually, they um, most of them reunited with the church ten years later. And then with the second Mexico City temple announced in April, there are now six in the metro area and 23 in the country of Mexico. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Pretty cool time to be alive. I'm looking forward to the next hundred that'll be announced in April. Anything that as you kind of uh, look back on the conference, the things with temples, the things that you've researched, anything that has struck you personally or made you go, huh, huh, and thought about beyond just the announcement? Um. Yeah, just that it feels like there's definitely a, more of an emphasis that we're kind of like downsizing um, the the callings in the ward and kind of simplifying everything, but then being like, 
but continue your worship during the week and the temple's a great place to do that so that's just how i feel that is what their i guess their strategy is with these temples so that they just want people to be able to be in the temple more yeah Pretty cool. Pretty cool. And uh, as always, you can find all of uh, the different notes that uh, Corey, the Pharaoh Ward has prepared. You can find them in the show notes with this episode. Uh, you, If you like finding out about this stuff, about the temple, we call it the temple ticker. We do it in most of our articles of news episodes. So whenever you see that come up in your feed, uh, be sure that you subscribe to that so you can hear Corey telling us about the latest groundbreakings, predictions of where the things will be within the declarations of the different cities and any sort of other flyers that might have been distributed that people had to sign <laughs> and other uh, quirky stuff about that. Corey, I appreciate your time. Uh, and uh, until we talk again about the temple, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Awesome. Thanks. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. BestDJinUtah.com is the website that you need to go to if you would like to party with me. Now, just because it says Utah as part of the URL does not mean that it has to be in the state of Utah. I've traveled to such illustrious places as Wyoming, Nevada, Texas, Washington, and others, Idaho as well. If uh, if you're having an event and you think, you know what, I would love the energy, the charisma that is Richie uh, to be able to bless the event. I don't know why I said bless. You can hit me up, bestdjinutah.com. Maybe you, you yourself are getting married or has been the case multiple times this year. You are the apparent not a parent, just the parent, uh, or one of the parents, because there's multiple parents. I'm getting distracted. You are one of the parents of the bride or groom, and you think, Richie would be great to be at this event. You can hit me up, bestdjinutah.com. Be sure that you mentioned uh, that you hear it on the cultural hall. I may, in fact, even get you a little bit of a discount. Who knows? We'll see how I feel that day. It's bestdjinutah.com. Hi friends, Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops with breaking news. Windows 11 is now here. It's fast and it's beautiful. So let's make sure your computer's ready to run it. Bring your PC into any PC Laptops right now at PCLaptops.com. PCLaptops.com. Here in the second block of uh, Articles of News, we do actual Articles of News. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose Articles of News. And away we go. Uh, joined by Mr. Mayor himself. Uh, you can find a link to his book as it, we work our way towards the holiday season. Uh, Tales of a Paperboy. Did I get it right? Tales of a Paperboy. Absolutely. That's uh, you can find that link. Uh, we're not going to talk about it now, but I know that two people have asked me in the last week about where they can purchase your book. And so I want to make sure people know Yay! that the link is in the show notes. And also, I would like people to know that I would like a kickback from every sale that is made through the cultural hall. You, we'll come up with a promo code. Is that I'm your friend. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. That is the best gift. That's that. That's beyond price. Beyond awesome. measure. That's beyond measure. Uh, lot, lots of news. And uh, and let's get to it. Would you like to start, or would you like me to? 
No, I'll I'll start because you'll probably end up with more than me anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so what is that supposed to mean? I'll let you take all of them if you want, and I can just say things like "Uh huh," "Oh, did you know about?" and there throw in some stuff there. Yeah. Well, you you could just I'll just lead me along like I know them. Yeah. And I, um, yeah. And do you remember how they also said this? Oh yeah. yeah oh yeah. I sure yeah. sure do. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. So I I read a, a great article by mm-hmm. our friend. Um, from flunking statehood, Jana Reese. Okay, and she she dives into similar to what you guys talked about on the last articles of news, um, where um, especially when you're talking now, no, it was the session Sunday, the, the Sunday session where you Ooh, talked about the mid session, mid conference session, mid conference. Yep, and uh, um, uh, and with Frankum, right? Kirk yeah. Frankham. We we talked about the changes for the for the strength of youth and and basically just sort of jested that now everyone can get those tattoos and triple piercings they've been after. So she asked the question: Are double double ear piercings, sleeveless tops, okay now for Mormon teens? And I and she just mostly highlights the fact that there is no checklist. So she I, I really like this quote. She says, "As you make this well," she quotes the the thing. She says, "And there and it's and that's it. No checklist." So. Basically, we're being asked to honor our, uh, to think about, am I honoring our body with this, you know, when I'm, however I'm dressing mm-hmm. and, um, and, and just gives you the guidelines. And I like that she quotes Joseph Smith. She says, this is the kind of approach that Joseph Smith advocated. Um, and I agree with her and he, and uh, Joseph Smith advocated, um, when, when there was a, uh, a, a dignitary who came to Nauvoo one time. He asked how he kept the crime rate down, how everything was so beautiful and how everything people were seemed to work together. Well, he said, I teach them correct principles and let them and they govern themselves. Mm-hmm. And that that concept is spread throughout that. So she has a great article about that. And I just wanted to highlight that. So it was really good. Yeah. So so how do you feel about it, though? Because I feel like as uh, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I think that for many uh, it is easier for them to go, here is the box. Do I do this or do I don't do this? And, and, and I don't want to be particular to, you know, Mormon folks. I think that's that's people in general, right? They want to know, am I doing the thing? Am I not doing the thing? And And what it seems like the church is asking people to do is be like, understand why you're doing or not doing the thing. And we're like, no, 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 don't actually... We, I don't know. Just tell me, do I need to do the thing or not do the thing in order to be it? And they're like, no, no, no. I mean, maybe it's a personal relationship and maybe you need to determine for yourself and, you know, pray about it and think about it and really ponder if it's something that you should do or not do. And, you know, all that. And they're like, no, 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 no. Tell me, can I do this or not do this? And, 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 uh, you'll hear it here first. I think that you're going to hear this about the word of wisdom. Uh, I, I think, I think so. And I, not just the word of wisdom, I think, much of what we have historically um, done, where we where we tick boxes, is mm-hmm. going away. We've already seen it with ministering, home teaching to ministering. We're seeing it here in the for strength tithing. Tithe, yeah. Well, I think tithing was very similar. If you look at the the language of tithing now compared to even in the eighties, mm-hmm. um, very different language um, about how you decide how much of your income you, is what you declare it now. I declare yeah. tithing. I declare tithing. I personally, it's like, personally, when I learn stuff, if like when I was younger and I'd I'd be giving a, okay, do it this way, given the five steps to do it. Now, Mm -hmm. some of that is important because you got to learn those basic best practices or best basic steps. But if you stay there, 
you're you're not learning a thing you or you you learn very little if you don't move into the why is one lead to two and two lead to three and sometimes you understand that three was only there because you were in the learning process you know what i mean mm -hmm. and there mm -hmm. are steps but what we end up doing is with checklists is that we have all these these things and ideas and that one of the problems with it is yes it does get us get us over that stage of what do i do now mm -hmm. but it it also leads us into a place where we easily can judge others sure and because you're doing the thing or not doing yeah. the thing well because you're doing that to yourself mm -hmm. you've sat and done check 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 and you've kind of judged yourself by that standard and and possibly put yourself higher than others simply because you've met the the bare minimums you know what i mean mm -hmm. and yet mm -hmm. you look at someone else and maybe they're not doing one of the things that you think is important in that check and it and it allows you to feel better than everyone else and it it's so easy to do i do it i've done it you know and i and it it and i think that's one of the key benefits of moving away from checklists mm -hmm. is it makes it it, it it makes it if you're going to be judgmental it's just because you're straight up judgmental yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and just to kind of quickly tack onto that like when you look at the idea of the word of wisdom as like a let me consider what is what is best for my body healthy for my mind and body that is a whole different thing oh yeah it, we could than what it currently is yeah and we could un totally unpack that and i mostly when it comes to like coffee tea that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. uh, especially when I'm talking to people outside of the church, it's much because it it's a hard thing when I say, well, it's for my, my health and everything else. Th and they, they go, what, I'm like, unhealthy? What do you mean? I'm unhealthy. I mean, I, you know, and, and, and it, it's a weird conversation, but when I state it, like, um, I do this because it brings me closer to, to Christ and I've made this choice mm -hmm. to do this, that changes the conversation. In fact, what I, I think I've told the story on this before, but I'll tell it again. When I first started in my current job and I started traveling, I grew up in Utah. So everyone knew why you don't live the word of wisdom, why you don't sure. drink, right? Because everyone's familiar with it. But um, but other people, they when I when I first would try to explain it, and I'd explain it in the, the original way, like, hey, it's I'm trying to keep healthy, blah, blah, blah. There are acids. It, That's how I remember on my mission trying yeah. to explain it. There, the tannic acid in tea. Yeah, and there's just stuff like that, and then they they tend not to believe you because it doesn't sit right with them mm -hmm. for whatever reason, and so then they they look at your motives different, and they think that you're judging them for doing it. Right. So, um, I I had I had two colleagues that drastically felt this way, and I could tell once I had explained it to them, it was almost like there's a problem, and so then in both cases I was able to to talk about it differently. That this is what I. And, and, and that turned. So a few months after that, that like it was early on in the first six months of my, my job here in Texas, that that happened. And then I was able to turn it on him and explain it. Um, like this is, this is a sacrifice I'm making to bring myself closer to Christ. Once I explained it that way, then they were totally on my side. And a few months later, we were at a big event and normally um, at a cocktail party, if you go up and order ginger ale or something else, they put you put it in a different glass so they can kind of watch it um, because they want to see who, how many people are drinking alcohol. So they put those in a different glass than the the sodas or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But they didn't do that in this one. And they were all everything was in the same glass. And so I'm just standing there in a tumbler of ginger ale 
And both of these colleagues at different times that night came up to make sure I was okay. You're all right. You're, I see your, I see your ginger, tumbler. Yeah. The gin, the ginger ale looked to them like whiskey or something else. And they were worried. So I took, so I took someone who was antagonistic toward me because I felt like they felt like I was judging them mm-hmm. to where they were like supporting me wholeheartedly in what I'm doing. So it's how we, sometimes present that to you i wish you would have said i'm fine i'm just fine i'm fine just i'm fine you. just fine <laughs> no at that and point then they you don't smell your glass around. and then they smell your glass and they're like andrew this is ginger ale <laughs> so, yeah at that point though you're right I, it would have been funny but i also wouldn't want to destroy their their concern you know okay <laughs> uh so I want to talk about this briefly because uh, I'd love to get people's thoughts on this. We shared this on our Facebook page. You can follow us, facebook.com forward slash the cultural hall, or just search the cultural hall uh, on Facebook about Elder Bednar and the potential that he plagiarized his talk during general conference. Well, I'll just check that off of my list since you took it. <laughs> well, see how I am. So, so, um, for people who don't know, uh, the talk that uh, Elder Bednar gave where he's talking about the king sending out his servants to invite the general public to the party instead, but one of them shows up without wearing the proper attire and is cast out. Um, and then he goes into this. Well, apparently, uh, at multiple times throughout the talk, it was word for word taken from an article uh, written about the parable in 2016 by a gentleman named John O. Reed. He's a leader in a little-known sect referred to as Church of the Great God. Um, Bednar also read several quotes from Reed and Elder James E. Talmadge, an LDS leader who died back in 1933, crediting some but giving the impression that the ideas were his own. And uh, and here was the thing that I thought is most interesting. Um, when I put this out on the Facebook page, a lot of these articles get there before we share them here. Uh, a, a lot of people were like, so what? Who cares? I've borrowed, you know, when I get up and talk in sacrament meeting, I've borrowed great deal from from general authorities and and those kind of things. So so what's the big deal here? Before I, I go a little bit further, I'd be curious to know kind of what your thoughts are on it. So I'll, I'll, I'll give my thoughts on why it's a big deal because it's different when we're, I think, it, well, I think, first of all, you probably should always try your best to 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 identify who you're quoting um, or or you can put it in your own words, mm-hmm. but still identify that your talk is being, you know, that you're drawing heavily from someone or something. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that that's done a ton. But I think it's the standard is even higher when you're in a in a public forum that is broadcast beyond our church as well. Be, you know, beyond members and before beyond those, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. because I I think first of all it's it's you know I, I you know my grandpa that was a great ex- example to me he even when he was in the nursing home when he was when he stayed in the nursing home for a while he wouldn't he would refuse to drink hot chocolate because he was worried that people would think it was coffee mm-hmm. and he just didn't mm-hmm. like the appearance of evil right. Mm-hmm. And, and and that kind of always has stuck with me. And so there's the appearance of evil thing. And then there's the actual um, just disingenuousness of it. If you're going to be, it was a great talk, by the way. It was, yeah. I really, it was one of my favorite talks. And so then you get this, you know, if you're not, if you're not clearly identifying and, and truthfully, I actually 
think he was kind of um I don't I don't think he was being malicious. I mean, he quoted the guy. I think he was he figured that when when it was published, it would sources would be listed and everything else. But it definitely comes off, especially when he and I looked at him. There are significant places where it is word for word. Yep. And and those are the places where you know what? Let's put quotes. We're very used to close quote, you know, that mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. comment. There is no one will fault you or think you're, you know, there's a problem if you do that. So I, I think it was a misstep, but I don't think it was he was he was being nefarious about it. I think it was just a misstep. What I don't like is the the inability to go, do you know what? Maybe I should. I haven't heard anything that acknowledges that maybe, maybe I didn't do this but my that was never my intention yeah almost a seemingly kind of double down like yeah i I don't like that and that you know i i think that i think truthfully i think that's led by the legal department of the church more than about anything Mm -hmm. um but it 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 just adds to that 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 bad taste in your mouth and so it's too bad because that's such a good talk and i think it's tainted by that but i think that'll go away soon and eventually it'll be just fine yeah, yeah. So a couple of things that I that I thought about it. So I had a conversation with uh, my brother-in-law about it, and he said, "Shouldn't it just matter that the talk was great and brought us to Christ?" And I was like, "Yes, kind of, <laughs> S- sort of. Yes, that, that's like, like in the grand scheme of yeah. things. Like, do I think that John Reed is like, hey, man, you know, make sure you quote it. maybe or maybe not. And and I suppose that if I had written an article." If I had done a scholarly piece and someone else was sharing it to millions of people and sort of short-sighted me as far as credit goes, on the one hand, would I go, hey, man, those are a lot of those my, are my words. I'd love it if you do that. And then on the other side, could I also say, but thank you for sharing those because I feel like that'll bring people to Christ. I think it can be both uh, of of those things. And so, uh, I, well, I thought writer, that was kind of I, interesting. I completely understand this a few years ago. Like I write this Christmas blog mm-hmm. that I've been writing for about 10 years now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and if you look at my earlier, earlier writings, I, I rarely, I mean, I would identify in the sources who I got them from, but I didn't, I, I just wrote and took things and, and just kind of haphazardly took them all and wasn't, mm-hmm. wasn't careful mm-hmm. about this stuff. And over time, I started reading it and I realized that just, it just made me feel wrong. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and so my, I now, I try to be very, very particular about when I'm quoting. And if I'm not quoting it, definitely making sure I, I cite the sources. And then because I'm still pulling from that, sure. that, that source, but I'm now writing it in my own words, but, but, you know, so, but sometimes it's really hard because the way the original author wrote it is so good. You just want to say yeah. it that. Yeah. And it's okay. Just just quote it. Just yeah. Hit quote. Uh, so uh, two things that uh, I would like to kind of wrap that conversation up with. Let me know what you think. Contact to the culturalhall.com. I'd be curious if this was, as one person put, a nothing burger to you or if this is a big deal and if there's some points to it that we haven't mentioned. And then I should also let you know, uh, talking about citing sources, I also have a Christmas blog now, Mr. Mayor, where I just copy and paste uh, what you write and I put (laughs) quotations at the beginning and quotations at the end because sometimes the original author just says it better. 
So thank you. Uh, I hope everyone will check out my Christmas blog. Uh, yeah, it's going to be so much better than mine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, very similar. Similar <laughs> tone for sure. Almost the same. Yeah, um, just a few things different. Uh, there's some other kind of really interesting news um, that I'd like to bring up. And, and a couple of them are sort of quick. And then uh, th this may also be a content warning. Um, so let me give that issue right now. If you've got little ears uh, that might be around to hear something. There's a couple stories that I'm going to bring up right now that, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you want to press the pause on the old audio machine and then come back to it. Um, the first story is, and we mentioned this uh, a little bit ago, but there's development in the case uh, about Ashley Wadsworth. Do you remember this? Uh, his name sounds familiar, but I don't remember the details. Ashley Wadsworth, it was a member of the church in Canada, met a guy online in England traveled to england to go and see him yeah and I then and then was killed and it's tragic and and now that that gentleman jack seppel of chelmsford essex uh is been he's been sentenced to a minimum term of 23 years and six months um but but uh, ashley's parents traveled across the atlantic to be in court um, to see, as this article calls it, the remorseless, remorseless Jack Seppel. Uh, in a series of statements, um, mother Christy Gendron and older sister Haley Wadsworth bravely faced the man who killed the 19-year-old just days before that she was to come back to Canada. Um, this article, if you go to the link in the show notes, it will tell you exactly what happened, but know that it's absolutely terrible. So terrible. So terrible uh what happened um uh kenneth told seppel that he needs to know and accept the brutality of what he's done and experience the never-ending pain that you have caused their family well christy the sister said that they, that he had robbed ashley and us of what would have been a beautiful life she was that is ashley was set to be the maid of honor for her sister's wedding um and now it has left the family broken and surviving day by day day to day rather those so, are hard to hard to listen to oh and here's the thing that is terrible because of the society that we live in we know you know that this is going to be a podcast oh yeah um, and yep. and probably a mini series and it just it it is the worst of the worst yeah um, it'll be definitely something my wife watches yeah yeah and mine too well, I joked I around why. about this multiple times this week. That's no sort of judgment on my wife's character, but we don't watch things where people live. I made yeah. that I made that conclusion this week. We don't watch TV where people laugh and or live. I always walk downstairs. I'm like, are you watching a murder show? No. Because it's a it's some sort of true crime or mm -hmm. or even the drama stuff she watches. It's always someone's dying. Yep. In significantly terrible ways, like the what you just described. Yeah. And yeah. and it's like can you just shut it off while I come in and I'll be back? You know, so she usually watches her murder shows during the day. Sure. And then we sure. can watch other shows at night. And she's lining the room with Visqueen so that no blood yeah. gets on the wall. And you're like, babe, what's going on? She's like, nothing. 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 And then Nothing's when I don't show up for the next articles of news, you'll know what happened. It'll be like every other time when you don't show up. Boom. Roasted. <laughs> ah. <laughs> they don't know that that's yeah. between you and me <laughs> uh here's another one this is uh i mean it, it it's still not great but it's not at the level of the last one do you know who ime adoka is 
That one I don't know. Not okay. Uh, so, uh, Ime Adoka was suspended as head coach of the Boston Celtics. Oh, I do remember the story, so I don't remember the name. Uh, for having an affair with a team staffer. So the sleuths of social media went to work trying to uncover who uh, this person is. Uh, this person is 34-year-old Kathleen Nimmo Lynch, which you're thinking, why are we talking about this? Well, she's a married mother of three who is said to be a devout Mormon. Her name was leaked mm -hmm. la online last week after the Celtics refused to identify her amid the league's announcement about Ime's suspension. I hope I'm saying that right. I think I said that right. I looked it up in two different places, and that's what it gave me. Um, so here's the thing. Uh, Danny Ainge, uh, former BYU player and uh, former uh, working in the office there at the, at the Boston Celtics. Now, now for the Jazz for the Utah jazz, bring them on out. Them jazz. Uh, he hired her, uh, there at, for the Boston Celtics. And, uh, and from everything that I can gather, uh, both families, that is Ime and also Kathleen trying to make it work with their spouses have said, yes, we did this. This is what happened. And now we're trying to keep their families together. Have tried to say, you know what, this is over. This is done. And, you know, we want to be committed to our family. I just thought that that was an interesting um, kind of yeah. side story. And people may be listening to this and going, well, why would you talk about that? That's someone's personal business. Uh, why would you share that here in Articles of News? And from time to time, we get this story or we get this question where it's like, why would you talk about these things? Why is this the, the subject matter? Right? Because it's news, it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's something that's in the news and it's around the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now, we're going to talk about a great story next about two women doing an amazing thing with and in collaboration with the church. And that's news as well. But so are these other stories that we're talking about. So, of course, of course, we're going to talk about them. It's something... Yeah. In the news. I, and when they come up, I hope you would just because you would do what Richie and I would do and others on uh, the panels of the cultural hall is that we we hear the story like that and 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 we know it's in the news. So we definitely want to get that out to you guys from from our perspective or at least from so you hear it here because it's a great place for uh, church of news for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But uh, we also hope that you take it for what it is and 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 hope the best for these families who are trying to work it out and that even if they're not trying to work it out that they they they're able to move on with their lives and move on and and not drag it out forever so the fact that it's opened up and cl cleared up is probably better than having it people again looks sounds like social media being as good as it was kind of drug up stuff out to make it public which never was intended to be but sure 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 so now are you ready for the good story? This yeah, is a great a this, story. A, this is a great story. Uh two women, that is Colonel, I want to say Sonny Munson. Wouldn't and, it be funny if you said two women killed each other? No, I'm yeah, no. <laughs> and the punchline is no, uh C Lieutenant Colonel Sonny Munson and Andrea Wagenback, Wagenback, Wagenback. Mm, You'll get it. On that one. one of those somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are have recently been assigned to the church's military advisory committee. Now, here's the thing that I thought was interesting. I didn't know the church had a military advisory committee. And what this committee does, and it makes sense, I just had never thought about it, is they uh, they work within church services and 
collaborate with those that are in the armed services that are members of the church. I didn't know that. I hadn't considered it. It's not shocking. So I imagine that committee is why uh, temple garments have specific army versions of, or, you know, military versions of them. And they have, they have specific um, materials for them that are, so I imagine that's where all that comes yeah, out. Yeah, That's one of many things probably I I'm betting though. I don't know um, that there is a program within the church to help aid military families that is specific oh, to I our church something. uh but but i have no idea anyway so this military committee has never had women on it before and so lieutenant colonel sonny munson and andrea wagenbach i'm going to go there uh are, are the first two women that have been called to serve on that committee and i think that's awesome i do too uh, you know maybe it's too long coming you there's probably people who will say why haven't they been there before do you know what? Take the win. Let's take the win. And, yeah. and I'm glad that we have them here there now. So every time that happens, I feel both. Right. Yeah. Right. It's we like we should yes. have had them before. Exactly. Do you know what? Let's 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 praise the fact that we're doing it now. Yep. Yep. Uh and the exciting thing, uh, because they're 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 pretty amazing folks. They this article goes quite a bit into like their pedigree and where they come from. Hopefully, I'll be able to get them here in the cultural hall soon at least one of them to tell me what the committee does and what they don't do and know a little bit about themselves. Uh, I, I, we have time for just a couple more articles. It feels like we've barely scratched any sort of surface uh, about this. What news did you want to share, Mr. Mayor? So the um, Bishop Todd L. Budge. Um, oh, I saw this. Yeah. He, he, so he, he recently spoke um to the Church of General, uh, uh, spoke, well, he uh, actually no, he where did he speak to? Uh, he gave I a think, talk. I, I'm not sure where he gave. Yeah, a talk I think to. it was I, just a talk somewhere. Yeah, just anyway, it, I was thinking it was General Conference, but I'm like, I don't remember it in General Conference because so I, I backed off of that. But no, so what I what I focused mostly on in the article was what he talked about, and it was environmental stewardship, which which I think is, uh, I think. Many people that I know, especially of the conservative flavor, tend to decry um, global warming, which I don't. But what I love about this talk is that it it doesn't talk. It, it talks about the things that we really all should be concerned about, whether you fall on the left or fall on the right or fall somewhere in the middle. Right. You know, um, he talks about agricultural land management and how. He talks first about how the church does that and how the, their standards that they they use, um, and then that they use once and they they do crop crop rotation, they cover crops, no till farming, grazing management, and other things to reduce greenhouse gases and just be better stewards for the land. But that's how they provide a lot of the food for our humanitarian services. Mm -hmm. He talks about water conservation, which I'm sure is extremely important in Utah. Um, I know it is because growing up there, but it seems like lately it's become even such a bigger hot topic issue. doesn't matter if you, if you believe in, in global warming or not, uh, maintaining this environment, you know, this environmental stewardship is extremely important. He talks about energy management, how the church does that and how they, they can try to keep that control. They're trying to be good. If we were, a, I mean, I guess we're a corporation, like the, the corporation of the first presidency is a corporation, right? But if, mm -hmm. as, as an entity, we're, we are trying to fall into uh, doing 
a lot of the things that many large corporations, which by the way, my my current company is very strong on on maintaining um, you know a good um, footprint when it comes to environmental stewardship. Sure. Waste. He talks about waste reduction, uh, transportation, and how increasing fuel can cause uh, cause more. And and all these things, you know, um, he brings back to uh, our our stewardship and how we've been tasked as Adam was to take care and and be the good stewards over this earth that we have and yeah. you know and 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 truthfully if you really think about it um it doesn't matter if you believe in global warming or, or not we all know that oil spilled in a field is bad mm-hmm. that um and that like plastic bottles floating around in the in the ocean and coming together as this huge, huge island is a sign that we're pretty crappy people when it comes to littering everything else and all those things are are detrimental to our environment and and cause cause problems to the gift of the earth that has been given to us mm-hmm. and so he had that that's what he he stated so he 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 closed with say uh with, oh, actually it was sister eubank who um uh, also talked a lot about this in this in a, in a similar thing and sister eubank said one of the things that we are promoting is volunteerism and we do things that we don't get paid for because it's good for the society and that's kind of the concept is that we need to focus our volunteerism and our our efforts on on being good stewards in the land being good stewards in the community and being good stewards in the world so and to one another yep yeah <laughs> all right uh we got time for just a couple quickies, and I want to do this. If you're watching uh, Southern Charm, you'll know that, uh, well, that uh, Madison, uh, she was introduced, and she's engaged to Brett, and Brett was raised a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and she says, quote, it's not like he's an active member of the church. That's it. That's all this article <laughs> said. I'm, I'm well, Great th- news. We have, we, we have yet to meet him. I don't know what he looks like, uh, but if but you're a, not an if, active member, so if you're a cares? southern, if you're a southern charm watcher, know that Brett, who you have not yet met, was raised a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Uh, remember, a couple of years ago, we talked about elephant ears and how um, that particular congregation somewhere in the Midwest was had been making them for a long time as a fundraiser. Uh, and then uh, recently, I think, sold their thing or no longer decided that they would do those elephant ears. Well, I had no idea about this, Mr. Mayor. And and I think some mid Midwest folks uh, that listen to the Cultural Hall should email me, contact at theculturalhall.com, because apparently this is a thing for most congregations in the United States like in the Midwest of the United States in order really? to raise funds for stuff. Yeah. Cause here's another article, but this one, they called them monster ears. So this particular congregation in Evansville, Indiana has been making monster ears on Franklin street for over 40 years. Or it's, as my grandma would call them really large scones. Yeah. The word for scone in Utah is much different than other places, but yeah. Uh, yeah. The volunteers Fried bread or whatever. They think pretty highly of their offering to the fall festival. Quote, it's like a cinnamon sugar explosion. That was Ash and Patrick. Quote, we try to get it real nice and gooey. Quote, volunteer uh, Matthew Tibbs said, 10 out of 10. I really like it, said 13-year-old Lucy Patrick. They are the best thing that you've ever tasted in your life. If you haven't 
tried it. You have not lived. They're called monster ears. Fried dough dipped in cinnamon sugar syrup. How can I continue on my diet with you keeping <laughs> keeping just dragging that out? I want you to know that as this article says that it is fried dough dipped in cinnamon sugar syrup and it's made monster free. No monsters were harmed in the making of monster ears. I'm so glad because monsters are extremely important. Yes, they are. It, I It's our monster stewardship. As uh, long as it's the good monsters, not the monsters like you were talking earlier with the guy. Yeah. In, yeah, ooh, hey, yeah. Just bring that back. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for <laughs> circling that back through. 15 people got together over a month ago to start preparing the monster ear syrup. It starts with sugar and lots of it. Then it's paired with cinnamon syrup water, and some other secret ingredients that we refuse to share. In September, they made 130 gallons of their signature syrup. Wow. To be able to offer it. Isn't that crazy? I had no idea that that so many like uh, of the programs of the church were sustained. Makes me want to go tour the Midwest. Yes. Try elephant ears everywhere. And monster ears. And then lastly, this. Do you know who Art LeBeau is? That name sounds familiar, but yeah, he's an American disc jockey. He's a songwriter, record producer, and owner of radio stations. He recently passed away at the age of ninety-seven. Uh, born in Salt Lake City, and uh, and began his life as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Then his family moved to L.A. I didn't know that Art LeBeau uh, in the circles that I run is sort of a very renowned name, right? Here's what I didn't know either, and this is where we're going to end this. Art LeBeau coined the phrase, oldies but goodies. Really? That's where, uh, that's where that comes from. It's an oldies, or it's an oldies but goodies. Uh, Art LeBeau, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Who have lots of oldies but goodies. Yeah, yeah. It, it, well, it's an oldie where I come from, but your kids are going to love it. <laughs> Andrew, we hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. And if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, you'll be healthy enough to listen next week. And when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast. We'll, we'll be, be saving, saving a, a seat, seat for, you. for you. Oh, we're gonna do on this on the again. back row. Of the on, cultural hall. Of the, of cultural. the cultural. In oh. the cultural hall. On adjacent, the back. On the back. On the row. Still not yet. Man, we're going to get there someday. I'm going to get it. You- Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat. 